right, welcome back. Second half action here on Main Street Sports today with JP and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama. Chris Yao coming up the second half. As always, our Braves daily report. Looking good for today. Today, not so good yesterday. We'll talk about it. Also, the Preds. Whoo! Um, anybody got a goalie available? Uh, we'll <laughs> talk Grizzlies as well. Exciting. Uh, that is just some fun NBA basketball in that series between the Warriors and the Grizzlies. And it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, a long overdue. It's going to be fun. So stay with us here. Second half gets underway right now as I toss it back to the Mule Town capital of the world, Mr. Chris Yao. That's right. Mule Town, USA. Columbia. Didn't get a chance to. Oh, oh, you know what? Do you know what I had for lunch today? Oh, what'd you do? Did you get uh, another Friday Night Bites? I did not. Worthy? No? I I recreated the sandwich from McMinnville. Oh, you were talking about this. Because we had that leftover roast. Yeah. We had some leftover roast, so I threw some some red onion on there, some banana peppers, but instead of provolone, Uh pepper jack. Pepper jack, okay. That fits. Well, I didn't have any horseradish sauce, Mm, ah. and I didn't have provolone, so in order to get the spice, (laughs) I needed... To a do little pepper jack, the yeah. pepper jack. That'll work. So it, you know, it 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 gave me the same flavor profile pretty much, and uh, it was delicious. So, just in case you're wondering, you know, if you, if you have leftover roast, yeah, like we did because we are only a two and a third person household. Third at best, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because she does, uh, she ate a little bit of the roast, <laughs> did she? Okay. But, but Charlie's not gonna, you know, eat a meal. So we had some leftovers. So sandwich. Obviously, roast a roast sandwich is always good in any way. Just put it on some white bread, but add some red onion and some banana pepper to it, and maybe a piece of cheese. You'll you'll enjoy it, and thank me later. Anyway, Atlanta Braves bottom of the seventh leads seven to one, and they have. It it appears they're sticking with uh, Colin McHugh to pitch the seventh. I'm not entirely sure. He I know he pitched. Uh, he got two outs in the sixth in relief of Ian Anderson, who gave up one earned run on five hits, had four walks and a strikeout. But uh solid day for him. He he needed a day like this, especially against a team like the Mets. So well done to Ian. And he got out of a lot of trouble. Uh, walks were an issue for him, but did get out of some trouble today. And then, of course, uh, Travis Darno draw, draws a bases-loaded walk to get an RBI. Okay. That'll work. Before before Adam Duval doing what Adam Duval has been doing for the last <laughs> couple of years, finally finding his his groove, doubles to left with the bases loaded, scoring uh Ozuna and Albies, and then uh Dansby Swanson adds an RBI with a single. So Braves looking solid right now. Um you know, if they, they got through yesterday's doubleheader, JP, they went 0 mm-hmm. for 11 with mm. runners in scoring position. Yeah. That's not, that's not a recipe for success no. to win baseball games against good teams, right? Yeah. Well, against anybody. So, well, yeah, I mean, if you don't hit with runners in scoring position, you're yeah. not going to score very yeah. often. And yesterday they scored two or four runs. And the only reason that they scored four was because uh, Matt Olson hit a three run jack. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, that's a problem, right? So, not a, not a great day yesterday uh, at the plate, but a good day for the pitchers because despite going two 
full non-inning games, okay. JP. They only uh -huh. used four pitchers. Okay. All right. So are, wait, hold on. Are you giving are you giving Snicker praise for that? Well, I think it was just the pitchers. They did a great job. So no, you're not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't have any. He didn't have a. He didn't have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. the, the pitchers were were doing just fine. There was, I mean, Charlie Morton didn't. You know, he gave up two in the first, and I think two in the second, and then that was. You know, he gave up one more later. That was five to one when they took him out. But then Olsen gets the three-run homer, so you, you think you're right back in it. Yeah. And the bullpen uh, did its job. Well, I say the bullpen. I mean, it, it it was exactly what you needed in a doubleheader. You don't want to go in there and have to use six pitchers, but knowing you've got another game the next day that you've got to win because you lost two uh, today. Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So – well done to the pitching staff. Will Smith came in and pitched the eighth last night. Was uh, you know in that two zero game, we just couldn't get any hits, and that's you know clearly we're saving them all for today. <laughs> yeah, it tends to work out that way. It does tend to work out that way. Hey, hey yeah, by the he, way, uh, how about you know? I don't know if I know Wednesday oftentimes is a getaway day, but uh, day baseball in the major leagues is a very cool thing, don't you? Th wouldn't you agree? Isn't day baseball fun? I much prefer day baseball. Yeah, I just think there's something romantic about it because it's old school. But just looking looking at the lineup today, Arizona, Miami are playing right now. They're in the ninth. San Diego, Cleveland, they're in the seventh. St. Louis, Kansas City in the eighth. Uh, the Braves and the Mets. Uh, we've got Houston, Seattle. Tampa Bay, Oakland uh, are just underway. And then apparently Pittsburgh, Detroit, and San Diego and Cleveland – um, they've got um, a second game, so yeah, yeah, both of those are playing doubleheaders. So I mean, you know, you've got what eight, nine games in the daytime on this Wednesday. It's uh, yeah, I think before, it's great. before five o'clock. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, that's I agree. I, I really like I like daytime baseball. Businessman special, to those, right? To those eras where you know, yeah, I mean, where you can get to the ballpark and get home before dinner, and mm -hmm. yeah, to watch the sun make its way across the field is That's interesting right. because it changes the dynamic of the game. A lot of times it, you know, it can be an advantage to the pitcher if, if they're in the sun and, you know, if they're in, yeah, if they're in the, the sun and the batters in the shade, it's takes a little bit longer to maybe pick up the ball out of the hand. So yeah. it, it does change the game and I like it. I think it's a, it's really cool. I did want to mention this though. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about how the Braves struggling on offense Get this. What if I told you <laughs> what if? the Atlanta Braves are the best in baseball for average exit velocity, and they're the worst in baseball in batting average of balls in play? Okay, so they're hitting the ball harder than any other team, right? And with the yeah, exit velocity. With the lowest batting average With the lowest when they put the ball average. in play. When they put it in play. So, uh, I'm curious, the exit velocity, does that include foul balls? No. Okay. So, balls hit in play. The Braves uh, are hitting it harder than anybody, yet they have the lowest average. It, exactly. That it doesn't of, make any sense. That kind of goes against just hit it hard somewhere, right? In, exactly. I mean, it completely goes against everything. You, yeah. What it does, though, and and when I saw this stat today, 
you want to talk about taking a step off the ledge. Oh. It's like if analytics and the law of averages, right? Uh-huh. Analytics and the law of averages tell you this team is going to figure it out. What have I been saying? Those balls are going to start falling or they're going to start getting out of the ballpark on a more regular basis. What have I been telling you? Yeah, but it'll you come to together. Numbers. You were just I telling don't need me. numbers. <laughs> I, I don't... need the numbers. I need a reason <sighs> to believe that. Your generation in analytical baseball. I believe I, I believe in it. Mm. I believe the law of averages tells me those balls are going to start getting down or getting out. And the Mets, by the way, 14th in the league in exit velocity. And I want to say like eighth in the league in batting average and balls put in play. So you're telling me that the team who is right now six games up on the Braves, 18 and eight overall uh-huh. in the year, the law of averages tells me they're going to regress. So I'm feeling better. So you're feeling real- better about numbers that don't make sense. Is that what you're telling me? Right, because they okay. it's it's an anomaly that doesn't okay. that's not going to stick around for one sixty two. For for analytical purposes, you needed numbers to not make sense to make you feel better about your team. Right. Okay. Because Just make sure I understand this. I mean, the the, the reality is the Braves uh-huh. being eleven and fifteen doesn't make sense. Why doesn't it make sense? Well, uh-huh. because despite hitting the ball. Harder than anybody else in the yeah, it in doesn't the game. make sense. Yeah, the, the, it, they're not getting hit. So, but by proxy, like, the law of averages, everything should average out. So that would include wins and losses, right? Correct. Okay, so you don't so need numbers I'm, for that, right? I just feel like, well, I mean, it but depends. Whatever you know, makes if, you feel better, yeah. I mean, that's ultimately Braves, what what matters. If here. the Braves had the same numbers as the Mets, uh huh. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that the law of averages was going to make a difference in the record. I would say, well, yeah. clearly the record is indicative of how they're playing. But the numbers have not are not indicative of the records to this point. Correct. Yes. But they will be over 162. Okay. All right. Thus, when somebody tells you it's a long season, chill out. It's working. We're going to okay. make it. <laughs> well, make hey, it. listen, however you get to this point, I'm happy. So because I'm <laughs> at least for today. But you know what? We're winning today. If we were losing, you would be different. Right? No, probably not. I'd be I'd, I'd be just as upset going, why can't we hit yeah. the ball? <laughs> well, good but news. The Bra- the Braves got the Mets out in the in the seventh or That's in the right, sixth, rather. Seven. They head to the seventh now, still leading seven to no, one. No, no, no. We're through seven. Through seven. They're going to the eighth. You're right. So yes, only two more eighth. chances for the Mets. So Six outs. Still got, still got to get them out six times. Six man. outs. Our bullpen is the, the Braves bullpen is the the strength of this team. So let's just cross our fingers and hope. I kind of wish the Mets were with, at least within three runs though, so I could get a save out of Kenley Jansen. But there you go. I'll, I'll sacrifice my fantasy team for a win, um, in, in actual you know real baseball. So yeah. this day in Braves history. 1968 on May 4th in is it Suidad Suidad Ojeda Zulia Venezuela sure Eduardo Perez Mm -hmm. Venezuela nobody will know the difference you're right better known as Eddie 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 Perez was born 
And the 27-year-old made his his debut when he uh, caught for the Braves on September 10th, 1995. So, and is now the bullpen coach for there you go. said Atlanta Braves. So, speaking of the bullpen, a, the strength a, of this team. Yeah, big smile on his face, too. This is a big day for It's always good when you can get a win on your birthday, right? <laughs> sure. Because it's all we about you. We appreciate it, yep. Eddie. Th- mm-hmm. Thanks for helping us out, Eddie. We appreciate it. <laughs> We're going to come back and talk about... You want the good news or the, the bad news first? Coming up next. <laughs> yeah, you don't know which one you're going to get. But uh, I, wanna, I also want to ask you about the other hockey game you watched some of last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Apparently yeah. a great one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into the Preds and Grizzlies and that all much more. On the other side of the break, Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. JP in baseball here for just a second because I got to talk about this. You mentioned that Arizona Miami game, which is in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Arizona up eight to seven on the Miami Marlins. Madison Bumgarner started that game okay. for the Diamondbacks. After the first inning, you know, after a pitcher pitches an inning, they check them for sticky stuff, right? Sticky stuff, like on their fingers, right? Like yeah. spider tack, yeah. Yeah. So they've, yeah. they've been doing this since last year. Yeah, you, well, yeah. You'll see people. the The pitchers will actually walk off. They'll open take their hat off 
hand the umpire their gloves, right? Right. They're handing their gloves. And mm-hmm. so Dan Bellino, home plate umpire for today's Arizona Miami game, <clears throat> calls Bumgarner over. Bumgarner <laughs> has been he threw 13 pitches in the first inning. That's yeah. that's pretty good. I mean, 13 pitches is not a lot. Yeah. Seven of those were strikes. Yeah. Bellino is checking his hand and just kind of keeps rubbing his hand. And Bumgarner's looking at his hand, wondering why he keeps rubbing it while Bellino is staring Bumgarner down. Mm. Staring him down. Okay. Obviously, Bumgarner's like, what the crap are you doing? <laughs> Looks up, sees the guy just staring him down, instigates an argument. Bumgarner starts talking trash. They eject Bumgarner. Mm. That's one way to get him out. Like, what are you doing? This there, uh, the ump, the ump show has got to stop. Is there history between uh, Bumgarner and uh, this umpire? Perhaps I have no idea. Surely but there, it's ridiculous. Surely there is. I mean, this is ridiculous. Now, is the guy that's checking his fingers the one that was staring him down? Yes. So he was rubbing his hands and staring him down at the same time. First base, or I'm sorry, third base umpire. Yeah. Is the one rubbing his hands and. And staring him down. Mm. Bumgarner walked. Okay, Bumgarner walked off the mound, screaming at the at the home plate umpire, <laughs> arguing balls and strikes. Okay. And then this guy comes over and that happened him before down this, right? Enough. Yes, okay. as he's walking off in the first inning. Okay. That's so. when he gets he gets stopped. He gets checked, and then Bellino chunks him for yeah, okay. basically Bellino starting an argument. Yeah. So so apparently the um, the umpire got a little. Uh, uh, it, it perturbed that uh, that Bumgarner was, was complaining, yes, and thus maybe took up for his uh, his partner. His partner, yeah, okay, absolutely. The, yeah. the ref show has to stop. Ump show's got to stop. Uh-huh. Just just stop. Yeah, do your job <laughs> and be done. Anyway, hey, by the way, you were talking about exit velocity for uh, the Braves. Uh-huh. Uh, looking at uh, you know MLB.com and, and the game day and and the interactive play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, if you will. It says Dansby Swanson singles on a sharp line drive to left field. Sharp. So another, I imagine, a pretty heavy exit velocity, right? Sharp. I mean, if it's sharp, right, as opposed to soft. Hey, Dansby's two for three today. Fitting right into your narrative. Of the numbers, it really is, and then because <laughs> the numbers don't lie, <laughs> Acuna just hit a. Uh, I'm sorry, not Acuna, Heredia, Heredia, break out the swords, Mr. swords. my friends. Absolutely, that's right. Guillermo Heredia goes yard to right center. How about that? Here's the thing. So Guillermo Heredia wasn't even supposed to play today. JP, yeah. Travis Demerit, who played all 18 innings yesterday for the Braves, was in the starting lineup. And woke up tired. Can't imagine why. <laughs> so they throw Heredia into the game. Heredia has now hit a home run. And in, I want to say, the third or fourth inning, robbed a home run in the right field corner. So mm. Guillermo Heredia, player okay. of the game. There you go. <laughs> How about that? Anyway, the, the soul, that's, that's the soul of the team. <laughs> he right? really is. He's the mascot. You know, we, yeah. we had Panda last year at one point, but then Heredia yeah. comes in with his yeah, swords, the swords, and they're like, it's hey, fantastic. this is my guy. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I wish he would play goalie for the yeah. Preds because I think his swords might be better than Riddick's stick or glove. There you go. A nice transition, by the way. Well done. <laughs> Thank Segway. You. Uh, so here's the thing. Riddick gave up five goals last night oh, in what, like on, on eight minutes yeah, or something? on eight shots. Five goals on eight shots. And Adam Vinnigan tweeted that uh, the like the ex- the goal expectancy for those eight <laughs> shots was zero point eight seven. Oh, <laughs> he shouldn't have given up a single goal and yet gave up five. I saw one bounce off his mask, the top of his head. <laughs> it was. It's kind of yeah. like you know those like like little big league and yeah. all those movies where they run into each other and the ball bounces off their head that kind of stuff that's exactly what it felt like last night everything that could go wrong did go wrong and poor david riddick just couldn't he couldn't figure it out yeah the five goals on eight shots and then um yeah then in comes ingram i you know did did i not hear you and uh teresa talk about how uh, did ingram not win against the avs in the next to last game of the regular season just a few days ago riddick did it was riddick Okay. Yeah, Riddick won. Five Riddick four. actually won. Okay, and then Ingram was lost in to lost to Phoenix. Got pulled or earlier, or gave up a bunch of goals early, right? And that no, one. No, no, no. We 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 scored the goals early, but yep. uh, he, you know he ended up giving the five, giving okay. five up in a row. So do you think Matter that was that, the reason Riddick <laughs> got the start? I mean, aren't they pretty much just kind of a, a coin toss at this point? Sure. Yeah, Dave uh, has more experience. Obviously, Connor is very young. Yeah, but. I mean, I think you got to start Ingram in game. You two. have to, right? I mean, it's not like you've got a, a your your everyday starter, if you will, or 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 regular season starter. I mean, you got to go with who is playing the best right now with these two, because you have to mm-hmm. ride whatever it's positive confidence. And you know, the, I saw a stat last night about those five goals on eight shots uh, at at a point into the third period, uh, or at least late in the second. That Ingram had given up one goal on like 14 shots, and I think it, of course, progressed. To, he gave up um, what two goals in his 30 saves? Yeah, 30 saves and gave up two goals as opposed to five goals and three saves. When you give up more goals than saves, <laughs> that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a problem. Yeah, no so doubt. from from the point which the goalie uh, switch was made, the Preds skated to a two-two tie with the Avs. From that point forward, yeah, and in forty minutes they yeah. were two-two, and uh, you you gotta like that. So, and of course, you know the the Preds are coming into this thing, and we talked about it. They're mm-hmm. coming into this thing with no real expectation. They yeah. weren't even supposed to be here, which is not a so, bad way to go into it. You're playing with house money, yeah, but it felt like nobody on that team. It felt like the Predators were the one with the pressure on them. I don't know what it was last night. They came out and acted like the team with all the pressure. Yeah, I don't know. And it didn't make sense. Hopefully they got that out of the way. And um, like I said, I mean, the the final two-plus periods, they played an an even even hockey game. And so hopefully they could take the momentum into game two and – you know, one thing about the NHL, I think more so than any other postseason in professional sports, is that it's it's more up for grabs, I think, than any. I think we see more upsets in terms of just seeding. I think you see that more in hockey. At least it feels that way. 
Uh, and we saw that with the Preds do it. We talked about it. You know, they were the last team in a few years ago when they made it to the uh, Stanley Cup final. Uh, well, it's and, just it's one of those so, sports, JP, where you know the puck can be deflected yeah, in so many exactly. ways that you know a goal that should never have been a goal mm-hmm. can can be a goal, and that could be the difference in the game, which and could ultimately be the, be the difference in the, in the series. Right. So, I mean, hockey is mm-hmm. is as I won't say as much luck, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I, as, I I think you have more luck in hockey with the way the puck bounces in the smaller arena than you do with soccer, which is it's comparable in terms of, you know, you're put trying to put an object into a net and the scoring is about the same. You know, they're it's low scoring, so I think there is more luck or or opportunity for luck and bounces with hockey. Not to mention that it's it is not a sphere. It's not a circle. Right. So it's going to get, by, by the nature of the puck itself, it's going to get some odd bounces, right? Like a football. You're right. going to get some odd bounces with a football because it's not uh, circular or well, symmetrical. It it's, it's still, but it's but not symmetrical. If it gets on its side, you never know what can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the puck can go any direction yep. at any time. And, and as hard as they're hitting the puck and shooting the puck, uh-huh. it, you, I mean, it can change <laughs> in an instant and be. A yeah. completely different direction. And so that happens. I, I get that, but it doesn't happen, you know, five times in eight shots. <laughs> so yeah. you just gotta you gotta ride what you got. And hopefully the Preds can take advantage in game two of Connor Ingram's uh success last night. And you uh, you you switched over. Uh, I did smartly. I did. Well, you know, it's it's five nothing, six nothing, and then six one, and um, you know, at at certain point, well, you know, and the Preds were supposed to be on ESPN, the big ESPN, but the game ahead of them went into three overtimes, the Rangers and the Penguins. So the Preds were on ESPNU, so I just switched back to ESPN just to watch that. I mean, overtime hockey is is phenomenal because especially in the playoffs because it's yeah it, there there's no stopping it's yeah. over it's yeah, it's they, sudden death and we just play till somebody, till somebody scores. scores. Um, and Although so, I do think it's weird that they stop. Like I don't know why I don't know why you have times in tr- in in overtime in hockey. Like just just play. You play tw- well. You play a full twenty minute period, then you take a break, just like you would in the regular, just like you would in the game. It's it's just an intermission. Oh, it's not. So it's not five minutes. No, no, they play a full twenty. Uh, you play twenty minutes. Okay. Just you so play. They played two games last night. Essentially, almost. Yeah, it was about five minutes into the third overtime, but they played. Uh, they played five full periods. Yeah, once you go into overtime in the playoffs, it's twenty gotcha. minutes. Okay. Yeah, you play. You play a full period, and if nobody scores, intermission. Zambonis come out. Band goes on the stage. And you do it all over again. Come back out. You play another twenty minutes. So you play it until somebody scores in their full twenty minute period. Last night, yeah. I, I, I was thinking like regular season where no. they play five minutes uh-uh. and then go to a shootout. No, no, you play until somebody scores. No shootout in playoff hockey. So, so they're playing on it. And and if getting Malkin gets the goal, uh, this series starts in New York. This was a massive square garden, um, and the Penguins uh, they get the one game to none lead in a. Uh, triple overtime so you know starting off the playoffs with a triple overtime it's going to be interesting how these two teams um you know at some point that will have a toll but uh, it is fascinating hockey because every bounce we talk about the bounce in hockey but in overtime every bounce is just it's 
the it's heightened with its energy and uh Sean McDonald was on the call last night and, and it was a good hockey call. He's got a good he's got a synonymous voice. Um you know, many people may not like him, but I think he has a good hockey voice too. So, but uh, but it was fun to to watch. I had the volume cranked up on that in in that triple overtime, so I could hear the call. It it was fun. Playoff hockey is is an entity unto its own. It was fun. Last There's time. very little in sports more, um, not just entertaining, but um, intense. Oh, intense, yes. Than playoff hockey. Uh-huh. I mean, the intensity is just. Uh, yep otherworldly yep every single every single second in playoff hockey matters because at any point as we just talked about how long is it jp we've seen it yep 0.1 seconds is Mm -hmm. all it takes to score a goal every second but i mean you know it's at at any point if you relax for one second you know somebody could get in behind you and score and then the game's over so you have you have zero chance to relax and um, the, uh, the goaltender for the Rangers who did not get the win, but he was up in the 70 range in terms of saves last night. Uh, it's how many shots on goal, um, the Penguins did, had Pittsburgh had, uh, had a backup come in, right? Uh, they may have New York did not New York's goalie yeah, I, I played the a, entire game. There was an injury. I think Could there have was been. an injury to the Penguins goaltender and he ended up winning the game. Yeah. So, yeah, Pittsburgh had well done. they had about 15 more shots on goal than New York did last night, and uh, that that peppering continued, uh, and it and it paid off for him. Last night, also the Memphis Grizzlies here here game two win. Dylan Brooks ejected in the first quarter for a flagrant two, and I don't know, did you see? Did you see the hit that apparently broke Gary Payton Jr.'s elbow? Yeah, well, he, he has a broken elbow. He hit him on the head. He swiped right. across the head, and Gary Payton uh, tried to collect the himself. Way the way he fell, tried to put his arm down, and it just jammed it up, and, and yeah, and, and it just broke it because all of his weight was coming in uh, because he was hit so hard. I mean, you slow mowed it down. Uh, it was the right. I, I think it was definitely a, a flagrant too, and, and thus an ejection. It was certainly more egregious than Draymond Green's the previous game. Uh, See, I disagree. I think I don't think it was nearly as egregious because Draymond actually pulled the offensive player down, whereas Brooks did not. He okay. had his left hand on his hip and he swiped, but he didn't pull. Okay, well that's fine. So I mean, was, if, uh, that's a, there's a difference. Draymond does not get the benefit of the doubt because of of his personality, he's a dirty player, uh, his personality and the way he plays. Um, the the you know. That particular play where Draymond hit him, you know, the the Memphis player barely hit the ground because Draymond was holding on to him. He kept him from hitting the ground. Yeah, he pulled him to the ground and then tapped him. Well, he kept him from hitting the ground. The you know uh, the other it clearly you know while he may have been going for the ball, clearly missed last night. And when you see the hit, I when. I had the volume down on that game because uh, we were watching something else at the time, and so I when when I saw that he was out, and I, I had the closed captioning on that he was gone and had a towel over his head. I thought he may have had a concussion, and I thought he was going to be out because of a head injury. Because um, he got back up and he and he shot the free throw. Now, granted, it was his off arm that he was. I think it was his off arm, uh, but uh, but anyway, it was. Uh, 
it, it was interesting. So here, here's my thing with flagrant one and flagrant twos. I, I think, I, I think much like targeting intent has to play a factor. How can you do intent though as an official? How can you read what? somebody's intent? They do it all the time. It's I'm, called an intentional foul. You've heard of them? You know, some you know of those the, are easier. Do you know the definition of an intentional uh, yes, foul? Yes. Okay. The, an intentional yeah, you're foul. Yeah. Grabbing from is behind. Not, going, uh, not yeah. going for the ball. Yeah. Okay. Dylan Brooks was clearly trying to play the ball. So did a poor job of it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but his his intent was to play the ball. Well, too. And it, at that point, I think you I think you've got to. You've got to somehow say, look, if you're playing the ball, it can't be a flagrant two. Even if it's a hit to the head, maybe it's a flagrant one, maybe it's a technical, maybe it's whatever. But I don't think you can eject someone at any level in any sport, be it college football, be it pro basketball, whatever, if there's no intent to injure the other player. That should be the ejectionable offense. That's, that's the way I feel about it across the board. And I don't think Draymond should have been ejected. Yeah, no, I don't either. So, I mean... I don't either. I think that's... Intent at some point has to come into play. Well, and also, too, the... Um, how the player that is hit, what happens Reacts. to them. Yeah. Is there blood? Are they, you know, writhing in pain on the floor? Uh, you know, that type of thing. So, and again, you could call into question then, you know intent from that reaction because there are some people that like to uh, embellish a bit so it's it's a very difficult thing to do um well, that's why they have and, replay yeah and and i'm afraid they've they part of the problem though i think they put a few too many rules of you know what they threw draymond out was they said he he wound up finished the follow-through and then grabbed him. Now the grab is that's not good, but the wind up and the follow through. If he was just a wind up and there was no follow through, would he been ejected? If there was a wind up and no follow through, I mean, it, there seems to be just it's None too of that technical. Makes, makes sense. It's just it seems to be too technical. But as long I, as you're playing the ball, it shouldn't be a flagrant two. Period. Yeah, and sometimes period. people try to play the ball or make it seem like they're playing the ball when they're not too. So it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I, I think it needs to be extremely egregious in the playoffs to, to throw them out because it's just Absolutely. too important. It's too important. I'd have been fine if neither no had been ejected. Uh, absolutely. I'd have been uh, okay with that. I did win. I did win my bet though because I. That's the most important. Money lined the Grizzlies. Yeah, most so, important thing. Look, I've won five in a row. <laughs> and so, in case you're wondering what I'm going to do next time, it's uh, I don't know yet. We'll see what the line is, but. Uh, I'll let you know. Follow me for more betting tips in the NBA playoffs because, you know, I watch the NBA so much. I should know. This is the reason that this is the reason I'm, I, I, that I win bets in the NBA is because I don't watch it. So I don't think I know what I'm talking about. I just kind of do something weird and it's worked out. So anyway, we got a couple stories for Wild and Wacky. We're going to get to it here on the other side of the break. Stick around Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joints. We've all heard the saying that a little can go a long way. 
This is especially true during the Big Payback's 24-hour online giving event, helping support hundreds of local nonprofit organizations. From 6 p.m. on May 4th through 6 p.m. May 5th, a gift of as little as $10 could be boosted by cash prizes and help to make a big difference in the life-changing work of local nonprofits. Learn more at thebigpayback.org. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Final segment of the day. It's on a wacky Wednesday. You've made it through hump day. Tomorrow, George Plaster will be in studio. There we go. We've been teasing it all week, and you finally We've threw it out there. We've been teasing all week. Finally threw it and out there. And even last week a little. Yeah. We did. George well, did Plaster get confirmation will be in today, studio. So. The, <laughs> we did, in fact. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I'm excited because he's going to join us for the entire show, and we will yeah. we'll try to get some you know, try to get him to uh, maybe get some guests on since it's a travel day for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, see if we can't uh, play oh. off of some of his Braves connections. Okay, and, and grab somebody. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, yep. George recently announced that he will be a uh, his show will be moving to Main Street Media Outlets, just as this one is. So. Right. Should be, be following us looking, daily. Looking forward to start it. what right. July is that right? July one. July. So uh, we get into wild and wacky now with me, the zaniest guy this side of the Duck River today. Have you seen? This is from April twenty eighth, but again, this it's been a while since we've had a it has, wild yeah. and wacky. This is only this is this is within the last week though. Okay. So. Police investigating claim college baseball team was poisoned with paint thinner. Whoa. Apparently, <laughs> local police are investigating Kentucky, or I'm sorry, Kansas Wesleyan baseball. <clears throat> All right. Uh, being poisoned after a foreign substance was found in the water cooler during their doubleheader against rival Bethany College. Rival. So, of course. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Putting paint thinner in our water coolers to get our baseball players still getting toasted by 31 runs is wild. Stay classy. Oof. So Wesleyan <laughs> still won, right? The series uh, apparently they won them, the apparently, series yeah. by 31. Or, yeah, by 31 runs. So their rival so, got back at them with. Uh, okay. Uh, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure they didn't drink it very. I mean, as soon as as soon as somebody realized this is not water. We probably shouldn't drink this, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a picture of it on at TMZ underscore sports. There's a, there's a photo Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it looks like, it looks like a dark blue substance with some, it actually kind of, you know what it looks like? It looks like a sky though with a dark blue sky and like there's some white stuff at the top that kind of looks like random clouds. It's, it's so did they think it was like water. Gatorade or Powerade or something like that? Uh, some I energy drink of some I, I mean, it, it was pretty obvious that like, like mold. 
Yeah, I mean, if you and it's and it and and it, the the stuff that's on top of it is the the plastic in liner from the Gatorade cooler because oh it has yeah because it ate away at it melted right? the Gatorade mm-hmm. cooler yeah. yeah. It's paint thinner. That's what it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the point of the paint thinner. It's what it's what paint thinner does. So anyway, I just uh, thought that was crazy, man. Like I, I assume I everybody's okay, you, right? Everybody Nobody seems to seriously be fine, hurt? but okay. you know, it's interesting. You know, we talked about the senior prank from a couple weeks ago, and that like this is not a prank. That's that that can hurt somebody. Okay. Yeah. Seriously, hurt somebody. Yep. Anyway, I'm glad everybody's okay. For those of you who missed our show last Friday, uh, we revealed that one of my side gigs is a wedding DJ. Yeah, Jeff M was very impressed with that. And get a lot of questions. In my contract, in in my contract, I stipulate uh-huh. that I am to be provided a meal or okay. allowed forty five minutes to leave the premises in order to get and eat a meal. Okay. During the reception. All right. A Florida bride and caterer have been arrested Florida. for allegedly yes. serving cannabis-laced reception dinner to guests hmm. without their knowledge. Ah. <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get live in the party up. Although this would may not live the party this would up. It probably, may yeah, that'd probably bring it down a little. Tamper down a little bit. Maybe that was the maybe that was the plan. <laughs> I, maybe maybe the DJ was too hype, JP. Ah, uh, is that even possible? No, that is not. not you so. cannot have a, high, a a too hyped DJ. A DJ that's too hyped. Many guests at the reception reported feeling extremely ill and high. Some were vomiting and requesting to be taken to the hospital. Others oh were treated at the scene by first responders mm-hmm. who reported their symptoms were quote consistent with that of someone who had used illegal drugs. End quote. <laughs> and they would know this so, because. Hmm? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're first responders. I'm sure they do. Oh, the first responders said that. Yeah. I, I thought those that had taken it were like, I'm feeling like I would when I, uh, you know, when I take drugs. <laughs> so I've heard. Affidavit confirms a piece of bread and a portion of what appeared to be lasagna tested positive for THC. What appeared to be lasagna? Uh, <laughs> okay. That's that's, the, that's what I got out of that, too. Was what, what how do you make something else look like lasagna? Like it's lasagna is pretty like if it's lasagna, uh, it's lasagna. Even yeah. if it's made out of not, even if it's not made out That's of right. noodles and red sauce, like lasagna. you can make s'mores lasagnas. I guess yeah, it's, it's layering still gonna look some like stuff, lasagna. Right? Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. they they got uh, one guy was allegedly told police with a blank expression and stuttering voice that did not know if the food contained marijuana. So there you go. And finally, I have to do this one too because it's okay. also a uh, theme. A couple Tuesday, Pam and Jeremy joked they should hop on a plane and get married in Vegas. Okay. Well, they looked at each other and like, "Oh, you weren't joking. I wasn't joking either." Well, crap. Let's go. Huh. So they the, take off. Right. The They're ultimate game of Vegas, chicken. You know? Huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. Yeah. You know, kiss our single life goodbye. A little Faith Hill music for you there. Okay. Come Sunday, the couple arrived in DFW from Oklahoma City to learn their connection flight to Las Vegas was canceled. But that's uh. when their bad luck ended. Chris, another passenger traveling to Las Vegas from DFW, overheard Pam and Jerry discussing Jeremy discussing how they might still get to Vegas in time for their appointment. Chris, however, 
happens to be an ordained minister. Ah. He offered to marry the mm. couple himself, and they went online, snatched up the last three seats to Vegas on a Southwest flight, all got in to the Dallas Love Field across town, boarded the flight. The pilot, Captain Gill, noticed Pam's wedding dress because they were in full wedding garb. They're in their dress and tux on in, the flight. In, in, okay? On the flight. On the flight. Okay. That's so, commitment. <laughs> Pam explains the story, joked with Captain Gill they should just get married on the flight. And he said, you know what? That's not a joke. These jokes keep coming into reality, Pam. Uh-huh. Pam, stop joking, okay? <laughs> because every time you joke, it happens. Well, there it is. They, they threw up some some paper towels and, and some mm. other stuff for streamers. Okay. And they walked down the aisle, got married on the Southwest flight. Okay. Talk about a destiny wedding. So where are they going to get their somewhere, marriage license? Somewhere over the Rockies. Yeah, where are they going to get their marriage license? <laughs> what state do you get? <laughs> did you get married in? I'm not really sure, to be not honest sure. with you. Not sure. <laughs> but hey, that's a pretty cool story. Great name, yeah. even though their flight was canceled. Congratulations to, to Pam and Jeremy for getting that done. Yeah. Uh, Take us home in 20 seconds, Chris. That's right. We're going to get out. Our George Blaster joins us, and we will see you at two o'clock right here on Main Street Sports Air Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Have a great day.